Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, this is Brett Chan. Some of my notable work is like Marco Polo, Warrior, Snowpiercer is coming out soon. And, you know, you're listening to Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight, martial artist, stuntman, stunt coordinator, action director. You've seen his work in Marco Polo, uh, recently in Warrior. He'll be doing some work on the upcoming Snowpiercer and Kung Fu. Brett Chan. Brett, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Hey, Jeff. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's really great to have you. I'm a, a fan of your work. But before we get into all that stuff, how are you holding up in the middle of this ridiculously surreal COVID-19 craziness? Uh, we're doing okay. I mean, we just kind of, like, I was selling my house and buying another house. It just happened right at the beginning of it. So I was able to move right before it all really hit, before all the craziness stuff. It's just now like getting everything together, like the Wi-Fi and the housework and all these kind of things that people don't want to come out and work for because obviously the COVID. So, you know, I'm having to learn how to do a lot of things that I just don't generally know how to do. <laughs> it takes me a little longer how to do it, but it gets done and hopefully it's still looking pretty good. But uh, other than that, we're okay. I mean, we're up here in Vancouver, BC. And we, you know, the, the province, uh, the Canada as a whole has a pretty good handle on it. And the province itself is, is pretty good. The people are, are very respectful and, uh, it's not bad. I mean, amongst a few things, like a little bit of racism towards Asians, uh, starting to pop up here and there. But other than that, it's, I think it's pretty okay. Is, it, is that really still a thing? I mean, I, I know in, in light of everything that's going on now, it's been amped up a little bit. But uh, have you been on the receiving end of that? Me, no. Uh, but a few of my friends have. Like, they were spit, spit on by some, some, some people and then uh, <clears throat> told them to go, go back to China where you're from and stuff like that. But my buddy's just like, uh, I was born here. He's like, he's like 58. So, and he's older than some of these guys. So he's actually lived here longer than they have. Um, <laughs> and there's it, a couple things. Uh, one of my friends, Olivia Cheng, who, who on Warrior and Marco Polo is a character. Yeah. She was walking down the street and a car drove by an older Chinese lady. And they threw trash at her and they said, this is what you are. Go back to your country. And, you know, Whoa. kind of stuff like that. Wow. And we were talking uh, before the show and um, I'm Filipino myself. I have not. Uh, experienced a lot of that, but I I have noticed a, a little bit of side eye every now and then, and that may be just because I'm hypersensitive to it all now. But um, that that is still going on in 2020. It still kind of blows my mind. Yeah, 100. Especially here in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, because you know the population there is 46 percent is is Asian. Mm. So, but that's like you know Chinese, Japanese, you know Filipino. It's crazy that it happens. Um, I mean, if, if it ever happens to me, it's I think that the person will be going home with a, with a bad headache, but <laughs> it is, it's, it's uncalled for. And uh, I think generally the most of the population out here uh, are well-educated enough to know and not be ignorant about things. It's just, you, you know, you're always going to get those bad apples and there's really nothing you, do, you can do about that. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know we were talking back and forth uh, prior to the show and uh, you mentioned 
You asked actually if uh, I actually thought that my kung fu was better than yours. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke because it was it was in your email. It said my kung fu is better than yours. I'm like, hey, and I said, hey, bro, Jeff, uh, and I replied nicely. I my last PS, do you really think your kung fu is better than mine? It was a and, joke. <laughs> and, and I shot back right away. I said, I guarantee yeah, yeah, you, yeah. your kung fu is way, way better than mine because I don't know any. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was a complete joke. And I was trying to be funny. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I would never, I would never put my martial arts against you <laughs> on the worst day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Well, let's let's uh, get into some of that uh, that fighting stuff because news recently came down that uh, Warrior Season Two would be released in October. October second. October second. That's awesome. That's awesome. But this is kind of bittersweet, though, right? Because you're you can't be sure that there's a season three commitment unless you know something. And and uh, I don't. I won't force you to reveal anything if you do know something. But I know that the business is is what it is. But what went through your mind when Cinemax told you that uh, they were going to exit the whole uh, creative space? Well. You know, season three was always on the table and it was like really to go to go. The complicated thing was, you know, so time AT&T Time Warner bought, bought HBO and HBO is now, um, you know, Cinemax is a, a subgroup a sub from HBO, but because HBO is kind of going away, it turned to HBO Max, then what happened to Cinemax? So Cinemax uh, is, is dissolving, as everybody knows. That, that's no no new, uh, new story. But then... What happens to all their shows on their platform? Now I know at one point HBO did want to bring Warrior to their to their uh, lineup, but you know I don't know what happened. It just didn't happen, and you know obviously everything has certain politics playing, and and so Warner Brothers now owns it. Warner Brothers has their own their own ideas and, and original ideas that they want to come up with and stuff like that. So the only thing I can say is that you know Warrior wasn't a original content from them if it was it might, might be different but i think you know they have other things coming up in the, in the mix in the fold so i think that because warrior with they if they would have taken it and then it would have been uh season one was already aired so what happens to all the distribution and, and all that stuff that's that's involved in season two you know, do they get season one on theirs? Do they not? Or if it's sold, so they don't get it for X amount of time. It all depends, really. And it's, it's it's really complicated when, you know, when one group has already kind of sold certain rights for certain areas. And it just becomes a big hairy canary um, at that point. Is it worth it for the new company to take them on? Well, if you were going to ask me, I would say, yeah, for damn sure, I would think so. Because the show is a great show. The, the, the actors, Fantastic. And just fantastic performances. And they're such great people too. Like there wasn't any ego in our shows. Like every actor was fantastic. They they worked well together. They they did their work. It's just you know they just wanted to train every day. They really wanted to live their characters, and it was just it was so good. The production team uh, was great. South Africa was was also fantastic. I, I had no prior work experience in South Africa, but from the stunt guys to the grips to the electrics to you know the PAs, ads to to every everything was just so. So so great, and for what we did for the amount of budget it had, I, I thought it was just remarkable. So the producers and the writing, oh my god, it was uh, you couldn't you couldn't ask for like a, a much more solid and awesome team. They were so cohesive. They were so you know, and only one was Asian, but you know, Jonathan Tropper has a long list of like 
Asian studies for himself. And martial arts and Bruce Lee was one of his passions. So he always knew, and any great leader, you take anything into account. You don't generally know everything. You can't possibly know everything. Just like with stunts, you know? You have certain coordinators who are good at certain things. But if you do something that is out of your element, then as a great leader, what you do is you bring who you know is the best at that, and then you incorporate that with yours. And then that educates you, that educates them, and makes everything just so much better, safer, everything. So culturally, Jonathan Trumper has you know, a vast knowledge of the, of the Asian culture because of his love for Bruce Lee and martial arts and the Asian world. And then he starts bringing in the right people to, to correspond with and talk about what he has to, to kind of adapt for the show because he wants it to be authentic enough for the Asian aspect of it so that the, the Asian audience will, will still be drawn to it as opposed to, you know, the Asian audience will look at it and go, oh, that's, that's, that's crap, you know, then what do you do? You know, there's one show I worked on and, you know, the, the, the writer's vast knowledge of, of the Asian world was just whatever you saw in Kung Fu movies. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of it was just fantasy stuff. So you don't really, you can't really relate that to certain things. You, as an Asian person watching this kind of thing and, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, and who's writing this or why is this happening? Why does he think, why does he think that he can just do that because he's just watching on a Kung Fu movie and that's the way it is. And, you know, as you can pretty sure, I mean, if, if you have someone coming in and, and uh, a different ethnic uh, coming in and writing up, let's say, how to do Tinek let's say, Filipino, and that's completely wrong. But but they say it's authentic and that's what they're portraying it. But the right thing to do is to hire someone who, who knows about the tickling, the, the, the reason why, and and why they're doing certain things. And then, then now it's authentic, at least enough for the for the writers to write it up and for people to perform it, because it gives the actors somewhere to go with it. For the audience, tickling is a uh, traditional Filipino dance, uh, using two sticks and men and women dance around the sticks as they, they, they pound it in, in a certain rhythm. And that's the reason why I use that example, because because Jeff, you would know that would be. <laughs> yes. Um, it's also known as the broken ankle dance. <laughs> yeah, broken toe dance. Right. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Warrior. I love the show. I've had a, a several of the great cast members uh, on the show as well to talk about it. Um, one of the, the great things about the show is that even though there's the whole Asian culture that's portrayed, as you watch the show, you stop thinking about the the characters being Asian or not Asian and it they're just so well-rounded and such great characters and the uh, the story is so well done it just becomes getting fully immersed in that world and with those characters and being fully invested in in their stories so I mean I, man it was a great show and I I really 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 hope that season three happens somewhere I know there's all this red tape that goes on around it but man Somebody needs to understand that the show is more than just a, a show. There's there's stuff here that uh, will speak to a lot of people. 100%. And, you know, a lot of people from both sides of the coin can really sort of identify with that. And Asians and, you know, the discrimination that was, that, that you know, was very real back in the day. No one wants to talk about it. But, it, you know, that's kind of way it was. I mean, and, and you know, the, the Irish and everything like that. I mean, it's just there. And it gives you a perspective of both sides. Leary is not really a bad guy. You're a bad guy if you know you're doing bad things for wrong reasons. But he was really doing it for the right reasons because he was seeing his people starve and families dying. It's just, 
you know, so he wasn't really like a bad dude. Uh, he was doing it for the right reasons. And so that gives you perspective on both sides. And I don't know, I just, the story was fantastic. And, and I thought that Dean, Dean was incredible. Really, really great acting. Really, really great. Now, the, there's a, a video that's out now about season two. Uh, it's, a, a, I guess, a teaser. Looks really awesome. What can you talk about that fans can expect? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, so what I tried to do in season one was create a different style for each character so that you weren't watching two people fighting the exact same way all the time. Everything happens for a reason. You know, we kind of grow up together doing different things. Like you and me, Jeff, we could grow up, you know, do the same exact martial arts every day, uh, the same teacher, same exercises, everything. But because let's say I'm shorter, you're taller, and I'm bigger, you're thinner, we'll execute each movement differently because it, it's how we draw it from our strength, even though it's the same technique, but it'll just, you know, I'll have to do different ways to who's stronger, who's not. So season one, that's why it was season one. So season two just ingrains it a little bit more. Season one, everyone was just trying to, you know, get their characters and, and feel it out and, 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 you know, shape them. And the season one's always like that. It starts in the beginning. Everyone's kind of unsure about the choices they're making. And as they get a little more settled into the character, then it just kind of goes. And you can, you can see the evolution of the character. Season two picks that up and, and, and just amps each character. The performances, like Dustin Nguyen, you, you didn't really see him in season one. But in season two... He becomes, you know, you see him more, and he's just, he's, he's great. Um, just like, you know, Diane, she's just diabolical. It's, and <laughs> the things they have to do. So, and I tell her that, too. Because, you know, Diane, Diane, don't, she comes, uh, she she plays Meiling. She comes from, like, a Disney background. Yeah. You know, there's this dancer, you know, beautiful woman, girl, you know, cutesy, cutesy. And in and, and this one, you're like, whoa, man, where did you get those those evil chops from like what's going on um so and you know jason tobin who plays young jun you know his his first season his character was all like rah 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 rah, rah you know so he was always at one high level all the time but in season two he really unwraps the layers you know uh of, of, of his character it's great hoon i mean like Kieran, Kieran, oh my goodness, Big Bill and, and Tom, I, I can't even, I can't even explain, I can't even, like, all the characters. There are some new characters that come into play, Yep. Um, which are kind of odd choices, but when, when you see it all kind of work, like uh, Chen Tang, he's in there, he, uh, he plays one of the new guys coming in with one of the, um, the Tongs, and you're just like, cool, this is really, it's kind of a weird mix, and then they start to gel, and you have some new other characters kind of come in, and some other characters kind of leave, um, I can't discuss anything what happens or, <laughs> or anything like that. No sure. matter how much you beg me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll get in trouble by Jonathan Tropper, so I will I can't say anything. Or Justin Lin. Shannon Lee, oh I should kick my butt. <laughs> so you know, Shannon Lee had a, a lot more um, in season one, she was she was there and kind of going over the stuff that with Jonathan Tropper and, and Brad Kane and, and Josh Star and those guys start writing. Uh, but season two, she she had a little bit more uh, input, and she was she was there. She came out a lot more a few times, and she was you know. So she had a really good input, and and she had such a great interview. I think she was on set. I think she showed up, and she was such a lovely person. And uh, it was just it was so impactful um, the way each person plays in everyone's lives. And they come, and because we're in South Africa, we're away from everyone ourselves. And we became this this, this family. 
Uh, it's probably a dream. It's what, one of my dream jobs from top to bottom. You know, I work my, my butt off my side team. They're awesome. I, I just can't. I can't. They're, they're, they're fantastic. So um, just trying to, when we didn't, when we're not sure about season three or it's looking really grim, I mean, everybody was just really gutted. Um, and after season two airs, you'll see why. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, the action obviously is, is a, an important part of the show. But again, one of the great things uh, about the show is that even though it's this Bruce Lee project and uh, maybe your initial idea about the show is going to be, you know, wall-to-wall kung fu, it's it's not about that. And you, honestly, you don't care because uh, the, the story is so great and the fighting that does show up all makes sense. And like you said, that everybody's got their own style and everything just kind of seamlessly blend so you don't think of it as a bruce lee kung fu show because it's not no it's not right and but how did you become involved with the show you know um i was on skyscraper at the time here in vancouver with Dwayne johnson and um a friend uh well one of my one of my producing friends who i work with is richard sharkey he's like mm-hmm. anywhere he goes if he ever calls me for a show i will be there in a heartbeat he's 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 such a beautiful human being He's fair. He's good at what he does. He's just, yeah, I'll follow the guy to the end. Um, and uh, he called me and kind of told me about it. And I was like, I'm a skyscraper right now. But um, things were, you know, Alan Poppleton was on it. And if you know anything about Alan Poppleton as, as a coordinator, he's very hands-on on everything. So he has everything covered all the time. So me having to step out of that job wouldn't be a big issue for him because he had, he had his team on there and, and everything was covered. So it was, it was good. Um, J.J. Perry, who, who's a dear friend of mine, he also got the call as well. Um, and when Justin Lin had called him, J.J. Uh, Perry also said, hey, you know, Brett Chan, he's pretty awesome too. Um, well, I'm not saying I'm awesome, saying J.J. Perry said I was. So uh, <laughs> let's just clarify that. Um, so I went out to meet Justin Lin, and I sat down with Justin Lin and, and uh, Danielle Woodrow, who was one of the producers at the time. And they met me, and they said, they had, I showed, I told them about my ideas and what it means to me and all sorts of things. I'm like, okay, great. You get the job. I'm like, whoa, okay, great. I'm going. And that's how I got on the job. <laughs> that's awesome. And when JJ Perry saying that you're pretty awesome, that's a pretty decent recommendation. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> JJ Perry is the master. Yeah. He's the, the guy he's, have you ever met him? I have not. Have you ever talked to him? Not yet. I'd like to though. You should. That guy, he is a personality and he is, he speaks like truth. Like he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He tells you how it is, and you know he, he doesn't hold grudges. He's one of the guys like he kind of make it mad and kind of tell you, but then it kind of goes away there. He's he's a talented dude. He's a veteran stunt guy, second director. Um, he is like admired by many. He's yeah, he's he's awesome. He's such a great guy. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people who have worked with him, so uh, I'm gonna try to make my way to talking with him directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should definitely if you if you have a chance uh, or if you want me. To, Put you guys in contact, I will, because JJ is, he's a legend. That'd be great. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll take that offline, but that'd be awesome. All right. <laughs> so when you were brought on, though, and you knew that this was a, a Bruce Lee project, did that excite you or make you nervous? Because this is Bruce Lee we're talking about. Well, a little, a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, let's say, I mean, okay, I had a show that I did that I was really excited to do about it. And, uh, you know, as we all know, when you get on a show, 
it's never really your vision always, you know, that gets put out there, or it's never really everything that kind of goes as it flows. Like you have ideas you put down, but there's so much red tape that people want to say this and do you want to say this and this. you know, you guys have like five different conversations happening, and uh, I just you know it wasn't it wasn't a very pleasant experience for me, it was, and it was hard when you don't have cast that want to play the part that they need to play. Like so. Mm-hmm. It's a show. I just don't want to name it, but but it's. We but, all know which show you're talking about, Brett. We all know. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but I just don't want to say it. Dude. You know what I'm talking about. And I know. <laughs> it was hard. I mean, how, how do you how do you get someone to be that character if they don't want if they don't want to do anything about it? I mean, if they don't have a background in it, uh, or if they didn't want to like like invest in it, or if the people around you don't want you to to support you, they're not setting you up to to succeed. They're setting you up to fail, and it's like, but. What, why did you guys hire me? To, I, don't, I don't get it. It's just, anyways, but this is, this is different. This is, Bruce Lee, I mean, God, he's like the godfather of hybridization of martial, martial arts and, and, and like the evolution of, of everything happening. I mean, he's, he's like every Asian child growing up in the world and, you know, Caucasian and, and, and whatever it is, but, yeah. but every Asian child, I mean, growing up, Bruce Lee was their inspiration. He was the one thing in the world that people couldn't really ridicule for or doubt or, you know what I mean? It, it's it's one thing that, that brought rise to to the Asians in this world and, and landmark people. And, and I mean, his legacy and his martial arts, especially his martial arts. So coming on board was definitely, it, it was exciting. It was, it, was so, it was so exciting, like, wow, I can be a part of this and, and have something to do, but at the same time, you know, with my experience, kind of back to like what happened that last show, like, oh my goodness, if it ends up like that, then I'm going to be, you know, so it's really contingent on who they cast and, and how they plan to support you or if they're going to support you. Yeah. You know, the first episode of season one, it was like, okay, well, here we go. We have this director and he has a certain vision or whatever it is, but he didn't really have an idea of how to shoot certain things in action. And like most directors don't, there's some that do that they, but there's most, they just don't know how they want to piece that together. They don't understand that. They understand drama and this sort of stuff, but they don't understand the language of movement and, and, and Farashi and, and fighting. But Jonathan Tropper, after we sat down and he saw me shoot something like this, he's like, okay, Brett, you're shooting all, you're shooting all the second unit, you're shooting all the action. Uh, and he stuck by me, like, and he, like all the directors who said, no, I'll do this, this, he says, no. Give your notes to Brett and uh, him and Steve will put stuff together. We'll all make notes to it. So I, I go and shoot everything based off their notes, right? And then I, I create the fight and everything like that. We shoot it and then we edit it, preview it, put it together, show them. Okay, well, draw the chopper. Say, I like this, this, this. I don't like this one like that. So, okay, great. Directors say, I like this, this, this. Like, okay, we'll go back, reshoot it again, change choreo, reshoot the angles with that. Okay, we like that. And so that's what I shoot. It's, 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 it's length of balance. Uh, which made the experience that much better for us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, you were talking about everybody on the show having their own unique style, and that really came through in the show. What's your martial arts background, and how much of that do you bring to the table when you were designing the fights for this show? So I started martial arts when I was seven. Um, my main is, is Shotokan, um, and then, you know, there's Shotokan, 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 and then you... And then I started taking Kung Fu. And I went away from it a little bit because, you know, it was a little bit my dad and a little too much. And, you know, when you force some, t- some things on people, sometimes you kind of go away from it for about maybe a year. And I came back to it again. And then um, I did, I was doing Taekwondo, I did kickboxing for a while, I did Muay Thai, I did 
Arnais, who did some, you know, um, some Krav Maga. I did like uh, start training a little bit of Sabat and start doing some some Krav Maga. I said, you know, just I just start picking different things to start training with. It's not, it's not like after I reach a certain level in one martial arts or two or three martial arts, everything else is accessory which I can help build. And so if I move, if I use movements, whatever it is, and you you start hybridizing stuff, and that helps me with changing it for personalities of each person, you know, as opposed to moving one way for everybody. Yeah. Now, knowing that this was Bruce Lee's project, how did you approach designing that action language for the the series? Oh, well, you know, keeping in mind that um, JKD was very, uh, is a very modern martial art. So you didn't want to make it look too modern, but um, because I had done JKD as well, uh, you learn with everything you hybridize, you learn to adapt Bruce Lee's principles to, anything that we're kind of moving. So especially with Assam, which is Koji, um, Andrew Koji, who's a, who, who was a martial artist. And so, um, but he had, he'd been out of practice for a while. So we just really brushed him up. And some of the best guys from around the world come and, um, and we would train different things with him. So you, uh, especially with his style, I tried to emulate uh, a lot of things that, that would, let's say, Brucey would conform to uh, certain movements. Uh, for certain um, intentions of his movements. Uh, so, although Andrew did not want to be Bruce Lee, because nobody can portray Bruce Lee like Bruce Lee can, so... Of course. He wanted to obviously have his elements of, of Bruce Lee's movement and, and technique and causation of his intent, but uh, not always be Bruce Lee. Uh, and then, so then Jonathan Tropper and Brad Kanelman, they basically wrote in little homages to Bruce Lee for some of his films from before, which is then overchecked by Shannon. So therefore we can not flood it with too much Bruce Lee stuff, but keep Andrew and his own personality with Bruce Lee elements. And it's a little bit homage to some of the movies that Bruce Lee did. And it, it leads into uh, having that really talented cast, uh, not just in terms of acting, but also uh, people who had some martial arts skill or were at least willing to put in the effort and train. Right. So, what was the training regimen like for these guys? Well, I set up a, a training regime in the morning, uh, five days a week, with my guys. Uh, so we're there like uh, six thirty or seven a.m. and <clears throat> we do do a two-hour workout, and that's just general conditioning for everything. And the actors are invited, are, are, are invited all, and they all were there. Almost all of them were there every day. That's awesome. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get the actors out of the gym sometimes. <laughs> No, seriously, they, and you know, the, and like I did a Marco Polo, I mean, I also invite, um, you know, the crew. So I had accountants there. I had some office people there. I had some lighting guys there. I had like transport guys. It goes, we, it's important for me to create a family environment with everybody. So everybody gets along and understands everybody, not just segregation of teams. The thing with that is that, see, my team that I brought from around the world, you know, people from China, people from Korea, people from North America, from, from wherever it is around the world. So they not all speaking the same language, Kazakhstan. So in order for me to do this, I basically have to put them together in trainings and then I have to literally separate them and pair them with each other so they get a language of movement with each other. And that brings a little bit of bonus, which, which allows them to, to bond. That saying, we do that for about two hours and the actors are there day in, day out with them. And then after that, we do like an hour of martial art. Generally, it's like one or two martial arts, like the same, like one or two days in a row, so people can have help and absorb it. And then afterwards, we change into the martial art the next day, then for another 
obligation they absorb it. And so therefore, I just keep rotating that. And so, because I had some of the best martial arts in the world. So I had, you know, Korea, from China, and from all over the place. And these guys are in North America and, and Europe. And so some of these guys are the best at what they do. So, you know, for me not to be able to exploit their skills and, and, and show people these other things would be foolish. Uh, so they're there, they're training, and everybody's training with them, and they're learning from them. Um, every, every one day a week, it's like Wednesdays, we only did just to stun people, all training all day because uh, they're more advanced. So I, I needed them to be uh, training more advanced things. When we're training with other actors, other people, then we have to make sure that we don't do more advanced things because otherwise people get hurt. But, you know, the one day, and then some days we'll, we'll pick up, like, you know, we'll put a, a, a little bag and we'll write down everybody's specific skills and throw it in there. And one person will grab two of them and we'll look at it. Okay, well, this is uh, Taekwondo and boxing. So then that day after our training, we do uh, just for advanced Taekwondo boxing or hip hop dancing and boxing or some savat or some Kali or some Eskrima or some Karambit knife fighting or whatever it is. And then every person that comes there comes with something different as well. And they're there for a long duration of time. So my team's there for like six months. So they're learning things. And they go home and learn things. And it's really cool to see because you look at a corner and you look like you see some Chinese, some Japanese, and some Kazakhstan guys, and none of them speak English. But they're all laughing at the same joke. Right? And that's that's awesome to see. And and they're still friends. And like, you know, I had guys from South Africa team who flew out to Kazakhstan just to just to hang out with the Kazakh guys and and travel around them, and the Kazakh guys took them around. It was it was great. I, I love seeing that. That's cool. That's real camaraderie. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me uh, then, from your perspective as a, as a high level instructor in martial arts, who among the cast was the real deal for you? <laughs> well, Joe is is a real. Yeah, I think he's third Dan judo guy, and you know he is surrounded by martial artists. Like he's surrounded by Eco and all, all Eagles team and all those guys. They're fun and and they're all Silat guys and martial art guys. So. You know, he's always doing action films. He was in the raid, you know. So Joe, he picks things up like snap of his finger. Like it's, and he may not be able to do a jump spinning tornado kick. However, he can learn. And he has, and he did it. You know, his span of like short of time. Andrew Koji is a martial artist. He was, he was also a trigger. So I was able to utilize his doing some tricks and it's his face, which is which is fantastic. Uh, Hoon, Hoon isn't a martial artist, but that guy has got the, again, like, if he, if he could be there 14 hours a day, he would. And I get out of here. I got to do something. Come on. No, I'll send the corner over train. No, no, go, go. I'm just going to send, I'll take this one little corner. Just just one. Okay, one little corner. And he's a, he wants to do boxing. He wants to take one go. He wants to do this. He, it's great. Dean, Dean is a boxer. Um, so he picked that stuff up really fast. And all of it just change how he moves a bit to make it look different from modern style. Kieran was a national level fencer. Yeah. And Fencing, I mean, those guys are spry and fast on their feet, you know. It's, so everyone had this sort of things happening. Diane, the dancer, and the guys who were martial arts who didn't have any kind of physical background like that, that Thomas Jones, like, he was in there every day. It's, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it was, it, you, couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better, a better vitamin cast. It uh, must have been such a departure from that show that we won't talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, and like Olivia, I mean, I, I was training with her on Marco Polo. And she's she definitely she was in there too, like just learning all the swords and the wushu, and it just I, I can't explain. Like a, yeah, it's definitely like very sad, and we still keep in touch now, so it's it's great. 
That's awesome. So what is it then about your work that separates you from others in the field? Everybody has comes to it with a uh, perspective of, of how they look at things. Like, you know, whether they choreograph something according to around cool moves or they will choreograph it to certain things with wires. Or I think it's just more about perspective of how you approach something. And a lot of it comes from life experience, I think. Um, I mean, if you're talking about choreography or how you're shooting things. Um, if you're talking about choreography, it's just, uh, I like to generally tend to do a lot of realistic type of fall stuff, fight stuff yeah, with a little bit of, a little bit of heighten to it, but, uh, it's not, I can do superhero stuff. I can do wire work stuff and all that stuff. It's cool. But if you notice from warrior, it's all real life grounded stuff and, and using the environment without having, without having to use wires all the time. Um, so I think it's more about perspective and how you put things on and through your life experience. Um, everyone has a little bit of way of doing it. You, you definitely can tell when, you know, I'm not sure, like, if, if anyone knows my work, let's say, and they're watching the show, I'm like, oh, that's, that's definitely Brett's choreo. Or you'll see that choreo, that's definitely something that, you know, John Asadio would do. Or that's just, you know, that's something that, that uh, you know, J.J. Perry would be doing. You can tell after a certain while about how the movement looks when they, when they move. And I think that's where you draw from your strengths, certain things. Unless it's superhero stuff, then that could be pretty much anything but you you know you watch let's say extraction sam hargrave just recently yeah the action's fantastic on that yeah and then you watch back some of the stuff he's done prior to that you can you can start seeing the movement patterns and how they go you but usually sam was probably going to coordinate uh choreograph that fight afterwards it's probably uh, someone else because he was directing at that point but but if you watch his timeline of his of his movement you know, you'll be able to watch the movies and you'll be able to start picking up on what uh where sam likes to go to with certain choreo or where John Sabio would like to go with certain choreo, and, or J.J. Perry, you'll, you'll start to notice that. Or like Wu Ping, or you know, his team, you'll, you'll notice what it looks like. And, um, and it's, you know, whether it's experience from watching films, or the experience from life experience, or whether it's your type of martial art that you're doing, which, you know, then can translate to how, how you move, essentially. Yeah. Do you uh, have any signature moves that you like to always throw in there, or is it just, or is it always on the fly that you, you put things together? It, it all really depends on the story. Yeah. When I when I start doing choreo, I pick the character, the the scenario what's happening. So after I've established how the character will kind of move, so it's not like they'll just throw you know butterfly kicks all time. You know, it's it, it'll be it, when it's called for, then a butterfly kick will come out, and reason why for it, as opposed to just for for things just being thrown out for to look. Cool. Yeah. So, what is your role on Kung Fu going to be? Uh, I'm the stunt coordinator. I am the choreographer, and um, I was told I will be doing second directing on it. So awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That was one of those shows that uh, when I first watched it, I was a little confused by the, the casting, and uh, I didn't quite understand why I was confused, but um, it's it's nice to see that it's getting a reboot and uh, that it, there might be a little bit more of a faithful translation of what the original story was. So we'll see. Yeah, it's an Asian, it's an Asian hero lead. So I think that's what, that's what Bruce's intention was for, So which, which is good. A little spin, a little spin on it. It's, it's good. <laughs> and, and having a female lead, I think, is a great take on it. Olivia Liang is the uh, is the lead on it. She's great. I mean, uh, yeah, she she doesn't really have a lot of martial arts experience, and she has a dance background, but she's so good with movement. And you know, when she called me, she goes, "I want to train every day." So she came up for to start training for the pilot. She was training seven days, literally seven days a week. Yeah, she's really good. She's awesome. When I first saw her on camera, though, I was like watching her, and I was like, 
wow, she was she was so made for this part. That's fantastic. All right, cool. Um, so I've kept you a long time. Let's do a lightning round. Have a little bit of fun. You down? Let's do it. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, nice. They dropped the Tagalog on me. All right, here we go. <laughs> so the the uh, first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? First question. Do you even know what day it is? Monday. <laughs> Good enough. Um, what's your favorite weapon in Call of Duty? <laughs> oh, my uh, my Kilo uh, 14. Funny enough, we'll be playing right after this. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> Warzone. All right, so Call of Duty Warzone. What's your tag? Can people find you? Heavy Hand Chan. Ah, all right, there you go. There's your challenge. <laughs> uh, which streaming service has taken up most of your time? Streaming, uh, Netflix. Okay, cool. Uh, how long do you go between showers now? Uh, every day. <laughs> no matter what, because I usually do all the housework outside the house, so when I come back in, my wife's like, you have to shower. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Very cool. All right, uh, Jason Tobin, Perry Young, Andrew Koji, Rich Ting, Chen Tang. Who do you take when the murder hornets start to take over? The murder hornets to take over? I take <laughs> who's going to win? Yeah. Uh, Koji. <laughs> Andrew Koji. But Rich Ting, man, that guy looks good, though, doing it, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy's got the body. He's got the hair. He's got the looks. He has the personality. He's got a law degree. He, is, he was going to go pro football. He's like, speaks. Chinese and Korea, it's insane. <laughs> that guy's got like, that is insane. Yeah, he's got it all. Ah, that's funny. All right, what's the first restaurant that you're going to hit when all of this COVID-19 stuff is over? I think it's going to be Sura, which is a Korean barbecue place. Oh, nice. All right, and uh, last last question, it's a trick question, so I hope you get it right. But what's your favorite podcast about Kung Fu, martial arts, and uh, right now, Warrior and Warrior Season 2? Would it be Kung Fu Driving? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I was right, right? Good okay, answer. So good answer. What do I win for getting it right? Uh, you win me not cutting that out of the show. How about that? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Um, what else is in the works for you then once uh, once you get back to work uh, in earnest? And where can my audience go to follow you? Oh, it's driving me crazy, this, this whole COVID thing. Anyways, um, Snowpiercer <clears throat> airs on May 17th. Cool. It's not a martial arts show, yep. but you know it's uh, it's a uh, it's off of the base off of the original Snowpiercer movie, um, and well, there's kung fu. Yep, and there's a, a show that I'm, I'm up to. There's there's a few couple shows I'm, I'm up to direct. One is uh, called Fourteen, and uh, it's it's on MDB. It's about a, a guy who who uh, gets killed and somehow through some strange thing he has his soul gets put into something and a uh, boy and he gets recognition of, of memories and he wants to avenge his death and blah 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 anyways you, you I don't want any spoilers but that one there's another called Fox Hunt uh, which is uh, to be shot in Asia and cool. uh, to, for me to direct oh and, nice and as well yeah same with 14 and there's another script that we have up it's Hit Kick Punch Kill it's uh Written uh, originally by by Minnie Chenna and uh, rewritten by uh, Adam Simon. I mean, it's the script is fantastic. So look out for that coming up. That sounds awesome, just from the title. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I'm up to work with Bruce Kahn. He oh, and nice. uh, Mr. Lee, uh, Bruce Kahn from the Revenger. Revenger, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm up to work with him on, on their uh, next project and um, in a directing capacity and. Um, there's a show. Uh, Do you know Lonnie Prestere? Oh yeah, yes, yes. Lonnie, that that, that guy is great. He's a visionary. Um, he's he's a personality. He's very collaborative. He's, you know, he knows how to express and, and feel. He's he, he helped um, Lady Gaga win an Emmy. 
cool. Uh, for American Horror Stories. Uh, he did, you know, at when you see season two, he did uh, episodes, I think it was four, five, and six, four, five, yeah, four, five, where did you see it? He did uh, episodes two, three, uh, nine, and ten on season one. Yeah. So he's uh, definitely someone who I, I plan to work with in the future. He's, he's, he's more like a brother. He's not just a, a director, co-worker, and he's a fantastic guy as well. That's great. And, and uh, again, where can my audience go to follow you? Uh, um, you, you mean like films or uh, Instagram or? Uh, social media, wherever they can go to follow along with your progress. Instagram is Chan World and uh, or Hits International. So, you know, I, I have a stunt team that uh, we have 26 members collectively around the world. It's hitsinternational.com, H-I-T-Z, international.com, or for you Americans, H-I-T-Z, international. <laughs> Com. And you can see some of the, some of the new members that are coming in there and, and the movies we've been in, the roles we played in each film that, that's on there, movie posters and like that, and, and the easy enough contact uh, us from, from that site. And um, yeah, that's about all. That's awesome. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk. Best of luck with everything that you got going on. Um, I'm a fan of your work. I'm a fan of Warrior. I really hope that there's a way that Season 3 comes to fruition. Uh, and I'll be looking out for all your other projects going on. Maraming salamat, pare, for uh, for stopping by. And again, uh, once this is all over, I hope you're uh, you're out there and blazing new trails. Best of luck and thank you again. <laughs> I have no idea what he just said, guys. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. I said, anytime you need to call me, give me a call anytime you want. Nice. Thank you so much. Oh, well, you know what? Let me let me ask you one more uh, lightning round question. What's your favorite Visayan curse word? Uh, I don't really know any. Uh, okay. I know, I know one, but if you call if you call someone that, it's trouble. It's tambok. <laughs> I know that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, all the ones I know, you know that one. Or uh, the one my wife made sure I knew was, Ooh, that sounds bad. Means I love you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right, yeah. Brett, again, thank you so much for taking some time out. And uh, yeah, again, best of luck, man. Uh, you have some great energy uh, and you do some awesome stuff. So I'm looking forward to much, much more of your work soon. Thanks. Much appreciated. My boy. Anytime, bro. <laughs> Big thanks to Brett Chan for hanging out and chatting. I had a blast talking with him about all things Warrior, even though season three is currently hanging in the balance. I do hope something works out because it would be great to continue the adventures of the Hop Wei, the Long Z, and the Feng Hai, but in the meantime, I'll be looking forward to Snowpiercer and the new Kung Fu reboot. If you haven't caught it yet, Marco Polo is still on Netflix, so go get caught up on that. And give Brett a follow on Instagram at bchanworld or Hits International, H-I-T-Z International, and I'll post those links in the show notes, so drop him a comment and let him know that you heard him right here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Follow me on all my socials as well or email me at kungfudriving at gmail.com. Your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are also always welcome, so if you have a chance, swing by and drop a star or five. In the meantime, stay strong, stay safe, and stay home. And until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world.
I see the iron fisted monk before the daily prayers Shaolin monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yeah, the little bit soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to graze jars Fight for the cars then pass here the pass Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David is coming back the Tai Chi master, Jelly's even faster The child a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Jin Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaol in a mountain style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance but won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor and the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car jet leave I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine